This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. That's right. It's a special edition of the Weekly Scramble, and my name is Chris Reavers. Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Hardware. He'll be back with us again next week. He desperately wanted to be here because of our featured guest today, Uh, but our buddy Jim from Harmony Spirits is here in studio with us. What's up, Jim? Long time no see. Hey, Chris. How are you? So you have uh, several um, components to make me a a holiday cocktail here, which I'm thoroughly excited about, Uh, but before we get to that, first of all, give us an update. How, How are things at Harmony? It's going great. We're all ready for the the holiday season. We yep. got gift baskets, we got cocktail kits, all kinds of different tumblers and hats and shirts. So uh, we're ready to go. And I said this last week, but when I saw your guys' tweet, I said it's a perfect gift for basically anyone because I don't want stuff, but I will absolutely take a gift basket from Harmony. That That's something that everybody could potentially use this time of the year. Absolutely. I tell my wife and kid every year, like, don't buy me some necktie or something. I don't wear ties, but uh, a <laughs> right. bottle of bourbon. There you sure. go. Right <laughs> to a man's heart. Uh, so the tasting room down there in Harmony, Minnesota, you guys do a really great job of uh, rotating cocktails throughout the entire year. What's featured right now at the tasting room in Harmony? Uh, so this week, we're going to be switching over to our winter cocktail menu. Okay. So I brought stuff with me today to make an old three on the tree, which is a spin on an old fashioned. Uh, only oh, we use maple nice. syrup and a little bit of orange juice uh, to make the drink. Okay. And is, is that one available at the tasting room? Yeah. Yep. Oh, so nice. it'll be on our winter menu. It's on the fall menu currently as well. Uh, a couple other ones we're excited about. We're going to do a Reese's White Russian. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be uh, oh, chocolate wow. syrup and peanut butter syrup and cream and vodka. And then we're going to swirl a little chocolate syrup on there and top it with a little Reese's. Cream. Now, I know that sometimes people don't like to give out this information, but if there's a, you know, because sometimes I get a lot of emails from people that, you know, can't really get all the way down to Harmony, Minnesota, which I understand, but they'll go to the local liquor store and ask for the Harmony brand, which we've been advocating for for years now. Um, but do you guys make those recipes available anywhere? The ones well, that you make in the in the tasting room? Yeah, so like right on the menu, we'll put that on the website and put it on cool. Facebook and it'll have all the components, maybe not the exact ratios, but we're way open to sharing so that's cool because that's something you what was it called the reese's white russian yeah that's something i would absolutely make if i was hosting a dinner party at my house that sounds cool yeah it's really good i bet i bet it is (laughs) uh and you were mentioning something about duluth before we started to record the show yeah yeah stuff we just got into the lake air bottle shop so if you go to duluth or if you're in duluth and you want to stop by and grab some harmony spirits they got us on the show nice where is that located in duluth Duluth actually, I can look it up online. Don't worry about it. Because Duluth came up today during Garage Logic, so I was curious if it was in the same vicinity as. Yeah, the if you Air go to our website and click on the Buy It link, you'll actually be able to see all the stores we're in, and then it has the address. There, okay. But, uh, I don't 100. percent That's okay. Off the top I, can, of my head. <laughs> I, I can dig it up. All right. So what are you gonna what are you gonna make here for us again? Remind me, Jim. Yeah. So this is the old three on a tree. All right. So it's uh, three different products from a tree. And it's an old-fashioned, so that was why we called it the old three on the tree. All right, well, get started, and I'll kind of do the play-by-play as you're uh, going to construct this particular drink. Now, listeners, you should also know, by the way, that um, Jim uh, successfully made his way into the Mayor Joe Suchere's heart because he gifted him a bottle. Was it the bourbon that uh, the mayor got to go home with? Yeah, a bottle of the barrel strength and a bottle of the... 
80 proof. Version. So what people need to understand is, you know, Joe Joe gets a, get, gets stuff from people all the time, but the smile on his face when Jim handed him the bottle of bourbon, I I think he's going to have a very happy Thanksgiving this week. So way to yeah, go, I got Jim. a happy Thanksgiving and two thumbs up. So. <laughs> that's a rarity, trust me, as, as a guy that's worked with Joe for a long time. not that That does not happen with all that much frequency. So congratulations. All right, so you started with? We're doing three ounces of the Harmony Spirits bourbon whiskey. Okay. And then we're going to add an ounce of our spiced maple syrup. Spiced maple syrup. Now, is that maple syrup made by you guys, or do you have that outsourced to somebody yeah, else? Yeah, we just buy it, and then it's got the spice in it already so beautiful uh, nothing and then we're gonna add uh, an ounce of cherry juice to each one okay oh boy does that super look super exacting measurements here. i've never know am, am i wrong because you know I've, I've spent some time bartending i've never heard of an old-fashioned made with maple syrup but i love maple syrup so i'm really excited is that common uh yeah actually we've had a uh old-fashioned last year uh maple maple old-fashioned cool did, so, yeah and then uh so an ounce of cherry juice, and then a couple ounces of your favorite orange juice. Okay. Which kind did you go with for the orange juice? The good old-fashioned Dole off the off the shelf at Cub? <laughs> I honestly don't remember. It That's was whatever okay. was in the fridge. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, three dashes of orange bitters. Okay. Very good. And I think bitters is a very underrated component too. Oh, yeah, uh, when it totally it, changes the. the it really thing. does. Well, and I think what it also does, at least in in my personal experience, bitters is also that uh, component where if people might be turned off by a particular, you know, because some people just don't like whiskey because of the sharpness of it. Bitters is a great component to add to a drink to kind of just soften that a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, it totally changes the whole flavor, and especially if it's super sweet, then it kind of le- uh, evens that out. When you bit. come up with a recipe like this, too, does it start from something and then you kind of morph your way into a certain, or did you, oh, maybe we need to remove that for the next time. I mean, what, at what point did you start this, and went at, and at what point did you get to the, the, the completed part of the three in a tree? Uh, yeah, so we actually pick a day usually when we know the new menu's coming up, and then we'll make a bunch of drinks. Okay. Uh, the worst was the first year we did the fall menu, and really? we tried pumpkin. Oh. Uh, so we thought we could with do whiskey? something. With uh, whiskey? Rum. Oh, with uh, rum. But we were trying to use canned pumpkin. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. I <laughs> well, and I don't know if you listened to the show a couple of weeks ago, but I, I, hate, I hated to admit the fact that, because I'm very anti-pumpkin basically everything this time of the year. And it's not because I don't like pumpkin. It's because I don't need it in everything I consume. And then Mike made me try the the pumpkin spice seltzer. I believe it's Bud Light. And I hated admitting it, but I liked it. I really liked it, and I didn't want to like it, but it was it was pretty good, I have to admit. Yeah, we have a fall cocktail right now. It's called the Pumpkin Cha-Cha, so it's a lot like rum chata, but with sure. pumpkin spice. Turned out pretty good. a lot good. of cinnamon, so it's really good. Uh, I like it better without the rum, and I just put bourbon in there. There you go. Yeah. Is that a cocktail that you could serve warm, almost like a toddy? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. bet. Yeah. That's cool. All right, so without any further ado, oh, then you added the orange slice, too. Yeah, so I put a bada-bing cherry in each and then uh, an orange quarter, yeah, and there we got our old three on the tree. All right, now f- for, for, I, I've been cleared uh, by, by management and everybody else. Is hopefully I don't spill on this uh, on I this want computer. to stir a little more. I stirred right. it a bit. But. All right, so this is the official three on a tree, old-fashioned, from our friends at Harmony Spirits, and I've got this on camera. Hopefully I don't get, oh my goodness gracious. That is really good. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> really, really good. 
And the maple syrup makes it. 100%, 100% makes it. So why why the maple syrup and the cherry juice? Uh, so I really, old fashions are pretty commonly have a lot of cherry in them. Yeah. And then the, the maple is actually a component of our bourbon. You get a little bit of maple brown sugar flavor with our bourbon. So it was just kind of a Holy cow. nice counterpart. This is worth the price of admission just to drive to Harmony in itself. Absolutely. So this uh, this uh, recipe will be available on the website you said it in yeah, addition to, yeah. right? That is, wow, Jim, that's really good. Thanks. Congratulations. Holy cow. <laughs> Um, what other, what, what other, uh, popular items are you seeing kind of this time of the year, whether it's in the tasting room or craft cocktails, because we're entering holiday season with gatherings starting as soon as Thursday. Are you seeing any other kind of popular trends right now in the world of craft spirits? Um, you know, I think it's probably a requirement when the in-laws are coming over to make sure you got <laughs> plenty of bourbon and rum on hand. I know I, uh, made sure my wife was well-stocked. Uh, there you go. Or my parents and her parents descend on us for Thanksgiving. Now, it's because, you know, this is the line of work you do. Are you always the cocktail guy when you guys host for, for holiday season? Uh, definitely for my wife and myself and my uh, sister-in-law. But, okay. Uh, nobody else really partakes. Or, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, neither of our parents drink at all. Well, and it's funny because, like I like I had mentioned to you, um, one of the – I I don't mind doing it at all, but I'm always the cocktail guy because, you know, I'm the I'm the bartender of the family. So it's like, well, nope, get back over there and start making us something to drink as we sit here and watch another football game or whatever. But uh, that's I'm, a uh, – Famously known for the overpour, but <laughs> that's okay too. So, uh, any upcoming events, tastings, things of that nature that you guys have going on that we'd like to share? Yeah, we're gonna be at. Well, Damon was at the Southdale Adina Southdale store uh, Monday. I'm gonna be there next week on Tuesday. Or okay, Thursday. I can't remember what day of the week. And sure. And uh, we're hitting a couple other stores in the cities. Are here you still there. seeing the expanded expansion with you guys? Yeah, Is it, that's yeah, good. It's going well. Good, good. Well, that's good to hear because I know you guys do an amazing job on your Twitter account too of just just highlighting whether it's you know, events or whether it's cocktails and things like that. It's there, it's very easy to share because you guys do a really good job of, of putting that information on your social awesome. media channels. Yeah, and then we also have a comedy show coming up December 11th. No so, way. Uh, make a great Christmas gift, get somebody a couple tickets to that show. So is that a charitable event? I, I, I was unfamiliar. Uh, no, this is just, cool. Uh, so we have some comedians that swing in and they do a show and you can have your cocktail while you watch them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is this the first time that you guys have done uh, this? This will be the third one. That really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is it, are these local comedians or are these? Uh, no, they're they're doing a tour. It's a distillery tour, so uh, we're just kind of in the middle of a couple other stops. Okay, that is really cool. Um, so remind me, you guys were how long ago has it been since you guys uh, opened your doors? Uh, May of 2019 is when we opened the tasting room, and okay. March of 2019 is when we started cooking and distilling on site. Okay. Now, if you could go back in time, what would you tell yourself in March of 2019 that you uh, that you learned through this long uh, journey uh, to, to the point where we're at now? Well, that'd be a long list. I think I'd uh, <laughs> probably go take some bartending classes or something. Oh, really? <laughs> were, were you were you not all that? Uh, were, were, was it kind of foreign to you way back when? You know, the I just like my bourbon with ice. Uh, so for me, it's like I either crack a beer or uh, pour my spirit over ice. So I've never really been a big cocktail fan. So mixing cocktails is something new for me. Yeah, but you but you've obviously enjoyed it thoroughly. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you get you guys you guys do a wonderful job. And as I mentioned, I I think when I went down there, that was I think late late spring when I stopped in because it was so funny. Uh, I just happened to be driving through. I was helping my brother move, and I thought, you know what? I'm only about 40 minutes away. I might as well just 
you know, because I, I, it's rare that I get to go get down there when I'm by myself. Because normally, if we're driving to Iowa to visit my wife's family, I've got her and the kids with me. And making a pit stop probably isn't uh, uh, as accepted by my wife as it would be if I'm flying solo. But I remember stopping in, and it was it was it was uh, mid mid spring, I want to say, because I remember there was still a little bit of snow on the ground. And I'll never forget this. It was a beautiful Saturday, sunny Saturday afternoon, and I remember a bachelorette party came in maybe five minutes after I did and I thought oh boy because <laughs> it was uh it was hey you should try this we're working on th-. it was it was so much fun and it was such a gorgeous day and I just thought it's probably a good thing I don't live closer to you guys because I be, would be stopping in with much more frequency than I than I've been able to do <laughs> yeah it's always fun when buses swing in and uh stop by so do you get a lot of tours and stuff or people that just say hey let's let's go here why not right yeah we get a lot of like bachelor and bachelorette parties they'll rent a bus and they run around if you go down 52 sure. uh, in southeast minnesota there's a brewery almost every town or a winery oh, or a distillery so they'll just grab a bus and check you off the list and and, and keep on heading okay sweet well i'm gonna continue to enjoy this but uh anything else that the fine folks need to know about uh the goings-on of harmony spirits I just keep doing what you've been doing. Just nice. stop into liquor stores and ask for us by name, and yeah. that's what really gets us out there. Well, it's handcrafted spirits. I mean, I've I've been touting you guys for some time now, and I'm I'm a huge fan for obvious reasons of your of your product. But you also have to be pretty proud of what you guys have achieved so far. Oh yeah, it's going great. We're yeah. happy. That's really cool. Well, it was good to see you, man. Thanks for stopping in, and yeah, thanks for the thanks cocktail. For, yeah, you bet. All You're right, welcome. we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Welcome back to the Weekly Scramble. My name is Chris Reavers. Uh, Mike Fredoloni, normally by my side, but he is out this week. He'll be back with us again next week. We now welcome in an old friend to the Weekly Scramble podcast studios. Our buddy Ian from Red Cow is with us. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How you been? So it's been a while since uh, we've had you guys on the show, yeah. but I, it's it's so funny. We were talking about the reason you're on is the 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 twelve the twelve beers of Christmas. Which remind me, what year is this for twelve beers of Christmas? Obviously, there wasn't one last year because. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we were closed in uh, November, December, and then okay. I'm. I was actually thinking about this, and I think it's year seven. It might be year six because okay. the first year that Red Cow was open, I don't think they did it. I was. Uh, I didn't work for Red Cow at the time. Okay. Um, but then every year since then, and I've worked for Red Cow for six or seven years now. God, I don't even know if that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've done it every year, and so cool. it's it's literally probably my favorite promotion we do all year round. Well, it's, it's sweet. Um, yeah. So here's my question. Uh, and not not to get into t- too much of the weeds uh, of the inner workings of the business, but you guys are are doing well, relatively yes. speaking. I mean, with everything else that went on with with the pandemic, mm-hmm. people kind of still a little bit hesitant. Some anyway about about continuing to go. Out. But are, is an event like this? How do you plan for it, not really knowing what to expect from a crowd standpoint? Well, the good thing is that I mean, if you were downtown on uh, Sunday during the Vikings Packers games, you wouldn't know that there was a pandemic because <laughs> a it point. was. Crazy town. It was fantastic. I mean, so many people just in celebrating, trying, you know, trying not to get in fights is really what was happening. Sure. Um, But so for planning, I mean, we've been planning since July, maybe even before that, uh, of just like the first meetings we had. Um, The goal for this this promotion is to really get people to go to red cows that they normally wouldn't go to because nice. we've done it a couple different ways over the years. Um, when we first, when I first started, we were doing the same beer. We only had, you know, three locations at the time. So, um, we had the same beers every day at each location. And so you could, you know, you, we got three kegs of each to you pick and uh, choose. To, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. and then a couple years ago I decided that I wanted to make it a little bit more difficult for myself, I guess, but also more fun for the, for the people that come in. And, uh, the goal is, a different beer at each location and every day. Cool. Um, 
and we succeeded in that uh, a couple years ago, and it was easily the most fun we'd had. I mean, people that normally go to 50th Street, running over to St. Paul, people that go, go to Uptown all the time, coming downtown, just like showing, just showing, you know, the greatness of Red Cow to as many people as possible in as many cool. places. <laughs> so, how many locations do you guys have now? We have four Red Cows. Okay. Um, and then we have an airport red cow, which I sometimes forget about because sure. uh, they manage it uh, for us. And okay. then uh, we have two red rabbits, uh, Minneapolis uh, downtown and then on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Gotcha. Okay. So that the the growth in and of itself, and did, and did the growth happen inside the parameters of the <laughs> pandemic when you guys were going through this like everybody else? Well, we were planning on opening a Rochester location in 2020. Oh. Um, and now that's moved to this coming spring in 2022. Okay. So we're opening Rochester. And then we've got some other... Projects in the works. We uh, have a northeast property that we're developing into something. I the only reason I don't want to talk about it is be, or I don't want to like elaborate is because it's changed like three times, okay, and so sure. I don't want to promise. You anything. don't want to give out bad information. <laughs> well, the, you yeah. know, there was like a bring me the news article or a, whatever you know, a local publication that printed when we sent our our original drawings into the city, and I was like, I don't even know if those are the real ones. Like, you can go ahead and report on it, but it might be, <laughs> but it might be wrong. <laughs> well, and I, you know, given my personal history, you know, just with service industry and, mm-hmm. and, and inside the biz, it's it, it went from a spot of I felt so awful for so many people that a relied on that dollar just to survive to now it's okay we kind of made it through and now people are still a little bit hesitant a little but yeah you were telling me before we started to record that um, the takeout business has just gone berserk. i mean we have had an um, the just the support from the community has been unbelievable and uh, i actually just came from redco uptown we're packing up thanksgiving meal boxes like we did last year oh um, cool and just uh, we had you know over 400 orders last year. We've got a, a few hundred orders this year as well of just people who are like, I don't want to cook a Thanksgiving dinner, and <laughs> like the the amount of fun it's been to like you know fun in a very in a dark comedy kind of way. Correct. And like the you know we we closed and pivoted pivoted to to go, but the amount of people that called and ordered and have continued to order. Yeah. And now that like people are coming back into the restaurant, we're able to actually talk to the people who I've seen their their name come across the order screen dozens of times over the pandemic. And now mm-hmm. they're like, you know, I, this is one thing I just missed. And I had this gal come in to uh, 50th Street when I was there last weekend, and she had ordered to uh, DoorDash accidentally delivery to her house. She meant to order for pickup. And she's sitting at, sitting at the bar waiting to, like, pick up her food. And, like, multiple people had asked her, you know, hey, uh, like, I'm sorry, wh- what's your name? We'll, we'll go look for it. And she's like, no, I uh, – I ordered DoorDash delivery. My <laughs> husband has it. He's sitting in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's already been delivered. I'm just going to enjoy this glass of wine because normally I would prefer to eat in here, but sometimes days don't, don't work out like that. There so you go. really what's happened is that people have realized that to-go, and actually we just got better at to-go food because before the pandemic, I'm sure our to-go food was fine, but it was you know 2% of our business. And so it wasn't as big of a focus. And now that it's such a, a, a large portion of, of how we operate yeah. that- we, we've picked different boxes, we've made, gotten different bags, we've figured out the, the best way to package it so that everything kind of sits together and it stays hot, all those things. So not only has the qual- the the you know the, the frequency of orders increased, but the quality of the orders have have gone up too. And I think that's just a testament uh, to like how much people enjoyed you know enjoyed takeout food. So now we actually get that business. Well, and I think too, I've often said this, you know, from March of 2020 or a little bit before March of 2020, we found out so much more about ourselves individually in Mm -hmm. these last, you know, 18, 19, whatever it's been months (laughs) than we ever thought possible. And it was because it was, 
not that you know it was it was survive or you know what I mean like you, you had to adapt and that's why I've always been impressed by the smartest people know how to adjust on the fly yeah. in, in any type of given situation mm-hmm. because if you don't you're going to die that's yeah. that's just the name of the game and, and unfortunately some places uh, met that fate mm-hmm. but other places probably got better you guys I'm going to and I'm going to lump you guys kind of into that into that group as well but People need to either adapt or die. That's yeah. just the way that life works. And we're such like creatures of routine. I know that from a like from the when the pandemic started until you know three quarters of the way through 2020, I was still reeling from like my routine is different. My routine is different, and just like finding a new routine. Uh, and then once things started to open up again, and that's kind of what we've experienced as a business too, of people figuring out their new routine and figuring out how we can uh, get stronger and how how we can get better. Yeah, because you know, when we were facing st- a lot more staffing issues and we, we you really see who you, who the people that, that you work for sure. or the people that work for you are. And what I've found is that like we, we employ and we work with the best people in this industry. That's cool. And it's so much fun to watch people like not only guests come back, but uh, I think like 65 or 70 percent of our staff pre pandemic just returned. They were they were waiting around. I mean, there weren't jobs for them. And so then they, sure. they came back and they were ready. To, they were ready to. So are you noticing that with uh, not just yourselves, but the service industry as a whole? Do you th- do you think it's quote unquote back or do you think it's it's still got some time yet? It's got time. It's, OK, um, I think there's a lot of people like uh, my, my, my sister's one of them. She, who knows if she'll listen to this, but uh, like she <laughs> she uh, still like prefers to eat outdoors. And, you know, she's in her mid 30s and she's very, very healthy, but she just is cautious. And that's just sure. the way she is. And more power to her. She did more takeout than I did during the pandemic. My job was working. So, right. you know, but she and her husband did takeout almost every day. And so there's uh, those people and there's people who are just like, no, I'm ready to go now. Yeah. And so it just and I, I think that's all that's all everyone. It's OK. It's all OK. You mm-hmm. know, whatever people's comfort level is. They should take advantage of that. So let's talk. Let's circle back to the uh, the, 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 the twelve <laughs> beers of Christmas. Now, for those people that are listening to this that are really unfamiliar with the, the program, but the event itself, sure. forward call, walk them through that process. Absolutely. So every other day in December, we uh, starting with the first, we tap a new limited beer. Uh, when it first, uh, when we first developed the program, um, when I first experienced it, it was mostly, almost actually, it was all barrel aged like stouts and such. Um, and given since, the time of the year, yeah, you know, yeah. it's winter, it's cold. I personally want to be drinking those beers anyway because right. it's like how much, how much molasses can I fit in a glass and then just drink it? Right. Um, and you know, it's high ABVs too, so it's it's very comforty. Like uh, it's little glasses of powerful beer. Um, and since then, we've kind of um, developed that into a more. I guess dynamic program that uh, we include a bunch of sours, some Belgians. Uh, we get some local IPAs. Um, we get let's see what else do we have in that. That's, oh, we um, about three years ago we started working with Lupulin um, to do a collaboration every year. Okay, and so um, the first year we did hazy IPA because you know Duh. the trends. Because right. <laughs> um, of idiots like me, that that's all we drink is hazy IPAs. Hazy IPAs are good. <laughs> I love them. I do. I'm, I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. I love hazy IPAs. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like some of the smoothie ones and like some of the milkshake ones don't do it for me. Well, that's just it. I, rem- <laughs> I I'll never forget this. It was when we were still on the radio, and I think oh, I can't. I can. I cannot remember. So I don't want to. I don't want to name the brewery. But I remember the first one that I looked at. I thought. This looks yeah. like a, a cloudy orange milkshake. I'm mm-hmm. not drinking this. And then I had it, and it was glorious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Well, the amount, like, 
the amount of care that gets put into them now too, because I feel like when they when you know like New England IPA was the original name for that, sure. and, or like Northeast IPA or East Coast or whatever. But uh, the first ones that came out were like almost gimmicks because people were like, oh, we messed up. We need mm-hmm. to have, throw this beer out. Yeah, and like you know, you go to Modest and you have Dream Yard, and like they have a mash filter and they have all this stuff that goes into it every time. And so just how they've um, how they've grown since yeah. then and how much change. Oddly, the beer I'm talking about this year, the, we call it, it's Keep the Change, You Fill the Animal. That's the name of it every year, and we're, we're changing the style every year. Um, this year, we're doing a cold IPA. So essentially, it's a, just like an IPA, you know, normally at ale, ale yeast fermented at ale temperature, but it's an ale with ale yeast fermented at lager temperature. So it's fermented cold, takes a little bit longer uh, to ferment that way, and has a little bit more delicate. Um, remember the brute IPA trend sure. that happened a couple years ago that oh, was yeah. like, Kind of bad. Yeah, um, I was not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's. But I mean, some people loved it, but yeah. I did, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I didn't have one that I liked, and I don't know. I shouldn't be so negative about it, but I literally didn't have a single one that I liked. I love the idea, though. And Let so, me ask you a question about that. Absolutely. Because I can I can speak from personal experience why I, I think I was immediately turned off by the idea of drinking brute. Because mm-hmm. I think you and I, you're a little bit younger than me, but <laughs> we all remember the brute cologne that everybody oh, wore absolutely. in junior high school, absolutely. and I think that I think that that played a role into why I said. I ain't trying this. <laughs> it's brute for, for God's sake. You know, and nonetheless, so one thing I, I liked about the idea is like I like the idea of a dry, crisp IPA. That sounds that sounds good. Yeah. Um, and that's what this is. And it's it's a cold fermented. So it's just it's keep the change you feel the animal from Lupulin cold IPA. It's the only beer that we're doing at every location on the same day. It's launching us on the first. Oh, cool. So okay. Um, We've canned it in the past. We're not doing that this year, but going in, in years following this, we'll uh, put it in cans, be able to sell it, as well as have it in store. It's really, really there. I mean, Lupulin, and just to shout them out as much as possible, uh, they uh, were the best brewery of all breweries to deal with in the pandemic. Really? Um, bar none. I mean, and don't get me wrong, like Prize and Indeed and all these local breweries, uh, Modest, were incredible as well. Um, but Lupulin, their sales sales guy Rick, he came in like the day or the day after uh, we got shut down. He was like, "All right, I'm gonna pick up every keg that you got. I'm gonna give you a bogo for when you then go order beer in six months, a year, two weeks, whatever it is. Yep. And if you have a half a keg, we'll give you a full a uh, full one for free. If wow. You have, yeah, because they brought it back uh, to their brewery, they canned it, they sold it, and they. I was in Arizona a couple weeks ago and saw Lupulin beer uh, in a liquor store. Like, found the owner and was like. You should sell more of their beer because they're they're just that awesome. Wow! So we that's we, really cool. Part, I really like yeah. hearing stories like that. We partner with them as much as possible because they're just good people. That's really cool. Yeah. I know I've had them on the show a couple yeah. of times, and I I, I I I second what you what you're saying about them. So let me ask you this: you know, you're, you're kind of in charge of assembling uh, yeah. the, the, all the the assorted beers. How the hell do you pick twelve? Um, <laughs> I pick, so I, this year I picked forty four. Um, oh, I because, suppose. Yeah, I suppose because of the rotation. I suppose. Um, is that not, part of why? That because it was so tough to narrow it down. To um, just... Honestly, so this is it's kind of a testament to our vendors because I mean we sell a lot of beer. We're we are we want to be the craft beer bar for every neighborhood that we're in. Like we, we and we're actually focusing in 2022 to get even better craft beer, have more closely closely uh, close relationships with our vendors. Cool, um, but. That's kind of what I did first was just call, you know, I called Shells, I called uh, Prize, I called Indeed, um, I called a Clear River, who's a distributor in the, uh, in the area who does a lot of things with like Prairie and Cascade and all these more national breweries that have cool things. And I'm cool. like, hey, I need, you know, I need four kegs from you. Or I, and, you know, I called a couple of people in July, a couple of me in August, a couple in September, and I was like, I just need them by this day. And they're like, cool. 
great. I'll we'll look through our we'll dig through our our cellar and we'll let you know. Wow. So it's just you know having those relationships with people and and being able to to talk to them and we sell a lot of their beer and they want to sell they they want to support us and we we can't do our jobs well if we don't support them. So yeah. that's kind of the that's how we the tack we take with all of our people. It's like how much it's like. I would love to buy more beer from you. Can I can I do that? And they're like, yes, our job is to sell beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you guys have established, at least from my perspective, you guys have established that reputation that mm-hmm. you guys kind of are the neighborhood craft beer bar. Oh, by the way, you sell a pretty damn good burger at the same time, <laughs> you know. You know, we are we're we're a restaurant that that sells beer and sells wine and so and we kind of want to be both, you know, like Come in, have a beer, and if you feel like having a burger, great. But like, come in for a burger because they're great. Now, uh, I, I, you mentioned all your locations. Are you guys still at Target Field as well? Or we were are. You this yeah. Past summer? Okay. We were. Um, so we used to have two, and then they kind of par- parsed things back this year, and we had one this year. Okay. Um, in in years going forward, I think we'll have two again. Okay. Because so, there's one in like. Was it just because of the limited attendance that they had yeah. at the beginning of the year? Okay. Yeah, they, they, I think sense. they only they cut their vendors in half this year, I want to say. Oh, wow. So they it was actually didn't go to a Twins game this year. I didn't I time, went. But. You know, it's funny you say that. <laughs> I was just thinking, I went to one game, and it was maybe around late May, early June, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But that was the only, and I love baseball. It's yeah. my favorite sport. But that was literally the only game I went to all year. And I, it, yeah, so I, I'm with you. I, same Same for me. It was. I mean, the summer was crazy because I, I. It's some one of those things where it's like 2020 went unbelievably slowly, yes. and then 2021 has been like, oh, we're gonna catch up for that now. Oh, by the way, it's, it's freaking Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah. in two days. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which, like, I literally today was like, I need to make stuffing for my family Thanksgiving. <laughs> I wonder if I have time to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, so you mentioned the locations and everything else. So yep. d- 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 remind me, is this a ticketed event? Is this a something nope. that's d- promoted online? How do people find out more information? So, uh, so go to our, go to redcowmen.com. There's a little menus tab, and then yep. the 12 Beers of Christmas menu will be right there. We're going to promote it all over our Instagram and Facebook. We're going to have the, our, the link in our bio. We'll bring you right to it. Um, and then there's a calendar. We'll have posters in store as well for uh, so you can really just, like, you know, Go to the website and print something off and just start ticking things off. All right, I'm going to go to Uptown on this day. I'm going to go to St. Paul on this day. That's cool. I mean, that's that's what I think you should do. Right. <laughs> right. My biases are like, you know, pretty extreme in this case, but right. I, it's probably right. So, and, and the Rochester location, you said this this coming summer? Is that what you said? Uh, yeah. Like, well, we're, we were going to be February, and then, you know, we're waiting on equipment because okay. of this whole supply chain life. So, it's been an issue. Yeah. yeah the, the building's done. We're right by St. Mary's. We'll be right by St. Mary's Hospital. Okay. Um, I'm vaguely familiar with. I mean, yeah. I'm from Faribault, so I'm vaguely familiar <laughs> with that area and that part of Rochester. But that's uh, cool. Yeah, it's congratulations, be, it's, man. Yeah. That's really cool. Thanks. It's going to be super, super fun. The space is very similar to the Red Cow North Loop here in terms of like it's in the the first level of an apartment building, um, and it's going to be really, really fun. We're How, really excited. Speaking of the North Loop area, I mean, obviously a lot of that centers around when the the, the Twins have a full mm-hmm. slate of games and whatnot. How is the overall health of the North Loop area? It's in, in incredible. General? Yeah, incredible. Good. Like uh, we were just talking today, actually, because we opened North Redco North Loop in 2015. Were you guys one of the first spots I, in that area? Uh, kind. I mean, like um, between like Farmer, you and Fulton, and yeah. you know, like that. Fulton was probably like they probably opened maybe. 2010, 2009, they, maybe down there? They opened right around when the stadium opened, yeah. I, I want to say. But I, th- I always equate mm-hmm. you guys and Fulton as kind of the two yeah. that really launched that area. Because, like, Runyons and Cuzzies and Bunkers obviously have been there forever. Sure. And then, uh, like, Bachelor Farmer and Spoon Stable went in. And then uh, pretty much after that was was us. And, like, Whole Foods was there before us, too. But, like, we, we pretty much came in right after that. And since then, you know, 
the amount of things that have opened. Oh, to, it's unbelievable. To, I mean, we opened Red Rabbit a couple years or the next, actually the next year in 2016. Okay. Um, and then, uh, like even across from Red Rabbit's Edward's Dessert Kitchen, which is owned by Schwann's and it's just a dessert restaurant. Oh, wow. And like that place is crazy whenever it's open. Um, they've been closed since the beginning of the pandemic. They're planning on opening this fall. I don't, I'm not sure if they're open yet, but they're planning on it. Okay. You know, they got the Schwann's money, so they got, they got yeah, they're, time. Yeah, they're, they're okay. Um, but even like North Loop Wine and Spirits, which has been there forever, they just expanded into the space next door as well. So they doubled the size okay, of their good, store. So, good. So, I mean, and with Hewing hotel going in that was kind of like the the big change down there um that and all the apartment buildings because there's probably been a dozen apartments well there's just built. nothing but people living it's in that crazy. area yeah it's, well, am- it's amazing I, and I, I i often say to people that that talk about that area you know in general and i just say go back 15 years mm-hmm. there wasn't hardly anything there you know Dude, b- but before they built the, the the twin stadium there it was kind of a ghost town in that. Absolutely, I remember going to a show at Fine Line in like probably two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, um, and then like, you know, I was poor because I was like nineteen. Um, <laughs> so I we went we went to North Loop Wine and Spirits and yeah. bought like a bottle of vodka and then drank in a loading dock right behind it. Now that loading dock is like glass enclosed. It's in an architecture firm wow. and it's right by Cobble and there's like a a baby store like uh like around the corner for that's, that's everything. I'm like this doesn't. Am I remembering this right? I was, right. I was pretty drunk. So. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, and it, it just goes to show you that, you know, it, it, a good, I guess, you know, because you guys are, you know, a, a neighborhood step. And that's kind of what all of those places have mm-hmm. really, where it's first draft or all of those yeah. places that are in that neck of the woods, they kind of all have that neighborhood vibe to it. Yeah. And, and that North Loop neighborhood vibe to to each one of them, I think, personally. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's... Like the that's our goal. That's our bread and butter is being the being the neighborhood go to, and it's it's just fun, you know. We the best way the like the best way to have to be at Red Cow is to be a regular. I mean, yeah, have, like the amount of regulars we have that come and sit at the bar or just come sit at tables or get takeout food is just crazy. And like knowing their names, knowing their dogs' names and stuff, it's not my forte, but I can tell you all the bartenders at Red Cow North Loop know all your dogs' names. So can I start to <laughs> petition for the next one to be uh, open in my hometown of Carver, Minnesota? Can we can we maybe workshop where, that? Uh, where, yeah, for sure. Where yeah. is it? <laughs> uh, right just west of Chaska. So if you guys could get on that immediately, that'd be great. Immediately, yeah. yeah, yeah right. we'll, find a, we'll find a space. Coming this summer of 2022, <laughs> I'm going to get Ian in a whole bunch of trouble. By an, I'm just kidding. They're not going to open a Red Cow. Carver, settle down, everybody. Uh, um, so the all the beers and everything that's going to be available, you'll have that on all of the social yeah. media channels and things like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we'll we'll post every day, um, um, but mostly on Instagram and Facebook about you know what we're tapping today. But cool. uh, the best way to do it is to go on our website and just like check out the check out the the schedule because there is there's an amazing blend of like uh, sours. There's a couple IPAs, but then it's a bunch of it's a bunch of barrel aged dark beers as well. So if you're a barrel aged dark beer fan, um, which I am, I especially was, this time of the year, right? yeah, I was trying to find um, some samples of the of like bottles of these beers to train some of my staff on and I called all those distributors and like we don't have those beers and bottles. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh. well, you're you're getting like a couple of these kegs are like three in the state. A couple of the, wow. A couple of the kegs, like we we've we're gonna gone out to Odell. We worked with Odell for years. Um, I love like, their beer, and their beer is amazing. Yeah. And so I called Ryan, our Odell rep, and I was like, "Hey, we've done you know um, their rum barrel aged stout, stout before. We've done their a couple of their sours before, but I was like, we've done those before uh, before, and I want to do something new." And he was like, "Let me uh, let me figure some stuff out." And he 
like he got a pilsner that's never it's only been tap room so it's going to be in their tap room and now it's going to be a uh, red cow wow and then they have a beer called sensation which is a local uh bakery in fort collins that they literally just send it to their the bakery and they pour it in the tap room they do it once a year and we got one of those kegs um no way like half a decade ago we did a collaboration with them a collaboration if i'm being you know uh, <laughs> on brand the yep. with them that was like a red ipa um a little more hop forward, and so they wanted a brew in for the tap room, and so their pilot brewer just like found the recipe and was like, oh, "I'll brew this again." And just so happened to coincide with a truck coming to Minnesota, and they're like, "Yeah, take one of those kegs and and go give it to Red Cow. It's their beer anyway." So like, <laughs> so we have collaboration number three or whatever it is, just rebrewed, wow. and so so uh, okay. Let me let me ask then, how how do you do how do you do that with a company that makes food not you know what i mean like right. i get a, i get a collaboration when it's either different breweries or mm-hmm. or spirits you know with like, like harmony spirits wh- yeah. we talked to earlier how do you do it with a, a restaurant dude uh or do you not even know the answer to that because i certainly don't so when we do a collaboration like my whole like my whole plan is like i run restaurants i don't brew beer sure and so i'm gonna go in and i like uh, the last one we did with Odell, I had three parameters. I was, I was like, I want it to be seven to seven and a half percent because I want to be able to, or it's j- below seven percent because I want it to be uh, in a pint. I want it to be slightly hazy and I want it to be like uh, citrusy hopped. And they're like, cool, we've got this, 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 and this, and we'll do this. And I was like, great. Or like, Sold. When, yeah. <laughs> or when I sit down with Jeremy Prize because you know he's the mad scientist of them all, yeah. and uh, I'll be like, Jeremy, I want to do a single hop, uh, like. Uh, Pilsner, and he's like, "Okay, cool. I've got lemon drop. Hop- this is like legitimately what happened. He's like, I got lemon drop hops. There's these new hops. They're crazy. And he, you know, talks about them for five minutes, and I was like, great. I understood seven of those words. Uh, and then he's like, recipe. Uh, I've been working on one, so I'll just tighten it up, add those hops in, and then we'll go. So, or when we did it with, with Modest, I'm like, you guys are known for hazy beers, and so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you how to brew beer. I'm not gonna like, you know, right. I'm not gonna pretend that I know even close to as much as you guys, and so." I want to do a single hop beer, and they're like, "Great, we're gonna use Denali's, and we'll make it just like this." And I was like, "Cool, done." So, <laughs> you know, it's 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 literally like give them give them a cookie yep. and see how far the how far the mouse can go. Yeah, right. Uh, right. And and they make. I mean, every brewery we worked with has. It's just been fun because I bet I don't know how other people do it, but the way we like to do it is like is I like I want their name to be on it, and I want them to be proud of it. So. Um, why would we not let them do whatever they want? Right. As long as it's good, we're all going to be happy. Well, and, and when you're associating with you know a, a place like you guys, it, it's also fun for them to oh, yeah. be able to to come up with kind of a new, as you to use your verbiage, a mad scientist kind of yeah. creation for something unique, something individual, because they know it's going to be. You guys aren't just some fly by night organization. Yeah. You guys are gonna you guys are gonna treat it seriously, which is pretty cool. And we, I mean, we we've done a bunch of different things over the years, and we found that our staff likes to they like the fleeting aspect of beers. They like the fact that things come on and things come off. And you know, you have your you have your standbys. We have Odell IPA on all the time. We have Fulton Lonely Blonde on all the time. We have you know those things that just we have you know a couple ciders here and there that just don't don't change because people will constantly order them. Mm-hmm. But like. The fact that there's so many beers coming out so much of the time, What's people get that? Ex- yeah, yeah, people get excited about it, yep. and so it's and that's one of the reasons that twelve years is so fun is because not only is it something that we're getting you know a six barrel of which is five gallons, which is like at this point you know like it's like forty or eighty four beers or something like that, uh, and so that's all and that's all we have of it, and so people have to come in like essentially on the first day we tap it, um, unless it's you know like a weird Belgian or a weird sour or like a, a barley wine, which like. They're delicious, but they just 
They don't move. Nobody, nobody wants one. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna find the one person that yeah. comes in and says, "Oh, I love that," but yeah, yeah, but I get it. It's not gonna sell in mass like the rest of them would. But like you know, Prairie Artisan Ales, uh, they're they make amazing beers, and they're vanilla. They have a barrel aged Russian Imperial Stout. They infuse with vanilla. Oh boy, that thing. Like I, I put it on the December twenty third at Fiftieth Street for a very good reason, and that's. Uh, like it's gonna go very quickly. Well, there's the one because uh, I remember uh, our friends from Elevated, Ryan and Tom. They mm-hmm. always touted it was the Black Friday beer. Oh, uh, uh, Kentucky Bourbon, Bourbon County, Bourbon, yeah. Bourbon County style. Yeah, Thank from you. Goose Island. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. I, I remember kind of being introduced to this craft beer world years ago when we started doing the show. Mm-hmm. And I thought, are you? Come on! There are people are not going to line up on Black Friday morning. And I, I'll never forget this. He sent me the text that morning of people. You know, at their South Minneapolis store, mm-hmm. down the sidewalk, down uh, by McDonald's. I thought, oh my God, yeah. he wasn't kidding. And they were lined up and they were only allowed to buy one bottle yep. each. You know, I worked at South Lindale uh, Liquors for a couple of years and that's exactly how it was. Like, whenever Hop Slam came in, whenever Darkness yes. came in, it was yeah. like, we, we got it. We, you know, we got a couple boxes. The staff took a few for themselves right. and then rolled it out. And then you had to stand there so that people didn't grab too many because oh. people were just. Chomping at the bit. And I've told this story. So uh, the aforementioned Ryan, uh, it was his bachelor party down in down in Chicago a couple of years ago. And I'll never forget this. We were going to go to a Bears game because he's a Bears fan. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> and so we went to the Bears game and we just happened upon some great little bar that was uh, we were going to go have something to eat and, and a couple of pops before we walked in. And they had Bourbon County on tap. Of course. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is obviously a sign. So then. One turned into three. And oh, then no. It, oh, yeah. And so then, <laughs> Early in the day. And then I thought, yeah, and then I thought, well, we do have the whole game to kind of you know work, work it off a little bit because some of us were going back home that same day. But it was it was so funny to just see this beer that he had touted years mm-hmm. ago, and then all of a sudden it was there on tap that's that same day that we were all going to the going to the football game together. That's awesome. It was pretty funny. So yeah. Anyway, um, all right, man. So anything else that we uh, that we need to promote for Red Cow because you guys have been great friends to this show uh, for a long time. Um, I mean, let's open these beers that I brought. Oh, please. So, so what do you got? So I have uh, two from Cascade. So these are, are uh, a couple sours. The first one is... Um, now remind me, I, I've heard the name Cascade. Where are they out of? They're out of Portland, Oregon. Okay. Um, and they are the like creme de la creme of sour production oh, wow. in this world. Are so, you are, Now, are you a big sour beer fan? I... Uh, the the mo- the beer that I drink the most of is uh, Russian Imperial like barrel aged Russian Imperial stouts. Okay. But uh, sours with food, and then sours when like I'm not feeling that like I don't want to be too, you know, overly gotcha. filled yeah. or like drunk. Because I remember the when I was first introduced to sour beers, oh. and I was told, um, I was told it was very polarizing, which mm-hmm. obviously that they are, but. The advancement of the sour beer in general yeah. has come light years where Absolutely. it started. I think personally. Well, and there's two different like styles. You know, there's a kettle sour where they're uh, they're inoculating in in a stainless steel tank. Ooh, um, ooh. The, uh, this, so this is uh, that is very so good. This is Cascade Citrus Noyo. Um, and here, I'll give you the bottle. Here, let me look at that. Um, the so have you ever had a pink squirrel before? No. Um, I keep making this reference and no one's getting it, so maybe okay. I should stop making this well, what, reference. What, what is it? What so is it? a pink squirrel is like an ice cream drink, like a brandy Alexander, but instead of there being like creme de cacao or brandy in it, okay. it has a, a liqueur called creme de noyau, oh, which is uh, almond flavored, so it's kind of like uh, amaretto. Oh boy! But 
Noyo is actually the pit of either an apricot or a peach, and it's what they use to flavor it, and it has that almondy um, oh, flavor to it. Oh, to it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so nice. this is the other style of sour. Both of these are, um, well, actually, one's a Belgian. So, uh, well, this is another type of sour, which is barrel-aged, and so it's spontaneously fermented rather than it being inoculated with some sort of uh, yeast. And uh, so it has a little bit more of, like, the Brettomyces uh, or Lactobacillus, depending on, uh, I haven't had this yet. So. Okay. But this has, is really good. It, but so this has that uh, lemon and lime, maybe even grapefruit uh, in here. Citrus peels, it just says, but it's lemon and lime on the label, so we'll call it that. And okay. Then, ap- then it has apricot pits in it to give it that kind of like almond uh, background. So okay. I haven't tried. Legitimately, I just am confident in these beers, and I'm just like, yeah, they'll be good. Let's yeah, right. <laughs> I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Yeah, in my because mind. there's you know there's a case of bottles in the state, which I got a couple f- uh, for like for today. Okay. Um, and then there's like three kegs, and so oh, the, wow. there's, there's not a there's not a real big chance to sample. Well, and I know because it, it, this this time of the year, people are starting to think about gifts and whatnot, and, mm-hmm. and the gift of booze is obviously uh, it can warm your way into anybody's heart. Yeah. But, uh, the, the the sour beer in general, because. I ha- I remember having uh, it was like a seven fifty of a sour beer because we usually host my wife's family every year for Christmas, cool. and my brother my brother in law excuse me he's a huge craft beer fan wasn't really the world's biggest sour fan sure and so I said just try it and you'll we'll, we'll, and then we'll go from there and he thought well it, it kind of tastes like champagne oh yeah you know and I said yeah I, and I don't know if it if that's the the flavor profile that it it, it, it I guess uh, correlates with the mm-hmm. best but. I, I guess I can see that too. How that could be, you know, some people that have, yeah. you know, don't have the the, the palate of the sour mm-hmm. beer can say, yeah, it tastes like champagne. Well, it's just so different too than like you know the hop profiles are significantly different. You're not, especially if you're a craft beer like an IPA drinker, mm-hmm. a sour beer is the other side of the earth at that point. Oh yeah, and like it's not. There's obviously hops in it, but it's not that big, bold citrus hop. It's it's way more focused on on the malt and the aging and just the in the hi- entire package is different yeah. than. It's the you know it's water hops uh, and and yeast at the end of the day, but uh, and malt, but there's so much, there's so many more things they have. Has the category itself of sour beers has it grown significantly? Yeah, I mean we, I would say when we first opened Red Cunnerth Loop, I think we had like one sour on, and now we'll often have two or three at a time. Oh, wow. um, okay. And part of that is because of the availability of them, and then the the kettle sour uh, revolution too, because like this. Like Cascade, they're you know they're out of Portland and they have every access to wine barrels being you know close to Willamette Valley. Sure. Um, all the like the beautiful fresh fruit from all all that. So like they are like Prime sour territory. royalty yeah. in, in America. But even like your you know your Odell sipping uh, sipping pretties or a bunch of like the kettle sours you get here. Um, like the Indy came with like a Paloma one, and so those are significantly less expensive because they're not aged in wood, they're not aged for a long period of time. So I should know the answer to this, mm-hmm. um, but it's, what what is the difference in the process of production for a sour beer as opposed to just a regular, whether it's a barrel-aged or sure, sure, sure. a regular craft beer? Um, they're relatively similar. It's just a different yeast strain for, for kettle sours in this case, and okay. so they actually like will introduce a, a souring yeast uh, to that but cool. in terms of like these barrel aged ones they'll often be spontaneously fermented so they'll have the wort essentially all, the whole beer made and they'll throw it in a barrel and they'll the, i mean that it's more it's more scientific it's more exact than, than this but the, you know they'll throw it in their aging house and then while it ages it'll pick up because lactobacillus and all these uh like Yeast that actually do sour, uh, sour the beers exist in the air around us already, and so they'll okay. they'll be introduced to to those barrels and then just. Is sour it a out. much more complicated finishing process? Oh, yeah. other, that's what I kind of figured. Yeah. That's what I thought. It's because 
there's been, I mean, Prairie is actually an example of it. Uh, so, and Bourbon County is an example of it too, that the, those breweries will uh, have sour aging and in, uh, in a different part of their, in part of their warehouse, mm-hmm. but sometimes they can contaminate the, um, the barrel aging beers, the, the stouts, and that yeast can then ruin those beers. Cause yes, a sour stout, I've had them, they can be okay, but if it's not on purpose, they can, they can just completely turn to vinegar and ruin the product. So you mentioned shells. Wasn't that part of one of their new production houses? Weren't yeah. they going to start a sour program? Yeah, it's Star Keller over on the other side. Star of Keller, Nuwam. thank yeah, you, thank so, you. So I grew up uh, in Sleepy Eye, Minnesota, so oh, about 10 minutes from okay. Nuwam. So preschool, uh, first field trip of my entire life, preschool, Shells Brewery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why not? You why know? not? Beautiful grounds. There's oh, yes. peacocks and such. So nonetheless, um, but yeah, so on the other side of town, they have uh, Star Keller, which is... They're, they have Cypress tanks and all these uh, these tanks that they had had for hundreds of years. And then Jace Marty went over to uh, Germany and learned a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, again, more more complicated than that. And then they came back and he's like, we can use these. And since then, they've refurbished all their old tanks. That's they cool. bought new ones. And we've got a, a few. Uh, we've got KBH Barrel Age. We have their Dark Perimeter. We have uh, Frambois Nord, which is like the, what they kind of started off with that on the 12 beers list. Mm-hmm. That they're just incredible beers and the shells personally and i'm sincerely biased because like i grew up 10 minutes from them sure but uh they're one of the least heralded breweries that i think deserve the most i couldn't agree with that more i could not agree with that more and in fact it's funny because i often lament even though it's one of my favorite beers because i love oktoberfest and shell i I personally think shells oktoberfest is the best going um but i always get Mad when I first see it on the shelf because I know summer's <laughs> over, and then I'm also mad because it's I can't get it anymore yeah. too. So I'm mad. I'm mad at both both instances when I first see it in the in late summer, and then when I can't get it anymore in November, I'm mad yeah. about that. There uh, and uh, honestly, that their Oktoberfest is hands down the best one that we get. And we we actually sold we were um, selling a dollar from every Oktoberfest this year to uh, or giving a dollar uh, to a a charity and the beer sells itself. So we donated like five grand to this charity cool. because shells just like is a attractive beer, oh, you know, 100%, for people. Yeah. And that beer goes so well with food too. Think about having that with like a, a big old burger. Oh yeah. They're a match made in heaven. I'll never forget this too. And I'm not going to, it wasn't, it wasn't shells, but I was in Houston for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And uh, when I was driving to my hotel, I remember I had stopped in and keep in mind this. So this is early February. And I, and I remember I'd stopped into a hole-in-the-wall liquor store, okay, in, and excuse me, in, in Dallas, because I was driving from Dallas to Houston, and I stopped in this, yeah, it's a long story, <laughs> but I remember stopping into this this hole-in-the-wall liquor store in Dallas, I'm thinking, all right, well, I'll grab, I wanted to grab something local or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I see a big brand, Oktoberfest, and I'm thinking... I'm going to go on a limb and guess that's not the freshest Oktoberfest. Oh, my God. In, you know, in January? In, or no, in fe- early February. February. Wow. <laughs> I thought, I don't think that that's probably the freshest of no, quality. No, thank you. But, yeah. And it might not even have been from the last you know, <laughs> October. It might have been from the Should, year before. Yeah, the year before. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Box is all faded uh, and everything else. But That's wild. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so what's the other one? The other, next one, and I'm going to mispronounce this, uh, okay. by the way, but because it's ridiculously spelled. It's it's French, so it's a Cuvée de Jongleur. It's J-O-N-G-L-U-E-U-R. So okay. for those of you who want to judge and me. And this is the Belgian? Uh, this is the Belgian. So it is a, it's a red, a triple, and a quad ale all a, uh, blended together oh, cool. and then aged. So triple and quad um, difference essentially is mostly alcohol. And then they also, uh, triple uses a golden malt and um, quad uses a darker malt, generally in Belgian beers, um, which I 
just learned that recently because I was like, I need to know the difference between this. Right, um, right. But so it's a blend of those things. So this is going to be more on the Belgian side, which is often going to be a little bit fruitier, a little bit brighter, um, not as tangy as, as a sour. Um, but but again, just like an incredible food beer. So when you, uh, you're you leading into my next question, because when you're, when you're going through the process of not only selecting beers for something like the 12 beers of yeah. Christmas, but also selecting beers to have at the restaurant, mm-hmm. are you thinking about a number of things or are you really concentrating on what's going to pair well with food? There's two aspects to it. I mean, half, half of the beers that we carry are just like, all right, these beers are going to sell because they're new hop varietals or they're Ooh. just, yeah, it's delicious, right? Man. It's got a nice, like, a little bit of, like, round bitterness to yeah. the sides, too. Like, yeah. obviously, like, some distinct barrel aging to it, which is awesome. This beer is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I got you if your train of thought. Sorry um, no, you're good. So a bunch of beers we're, we're carrying because this is, like, we're focused on the beer being the beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of stuff. Uh, including sours, including like ambers, um, dark lagers, those kind of things. Uh, for Red Rabbit, it's a little different too. You know, we're focusing on pilsners and, and those kind of things because uh, of what goes with the beer. So, you know, some of the basics to beer pairing are uh, both compare and contrast. So have similar flavors that'll go go with the flavors. So that can be anything from like, you know, uh, like caramel going with, like with the bread or even like, you know, because you know liquid bread here, so right, uh, right, right. Uh, so having some of those like biscuity kind of flavors, but then also contrasting, and and that's why those that hoppy bitterness can go really well when you're having like sort of with cheese or uh, just with like the fattiness too. Yeah. So some of that like more bright citrusy flavors can can be that way too. Um, we have Bell's Amber on right now, which is one of the, like the best beer pairings. Bell's uh, Amber. Yeah. Okay. They don't distribute it traditionally here. We just bought a pallet because we were like. It's good. So, yeah, right. you know, it's eight kegs and we have four restaurants. So it's like, here, have them and sell them for a right, while. Right, right, So um, that, that uh, sale of Bell's Amber and Bell's Too Hard right now goes to uh, Camp Confidence as well, which oh, is cool. a, a camp up in northern Minnesota that uh, let, has mentally uh, handicapped kids and adults are able to, you know, go hang out and Very do camp cool. stuff. Very so, cool. And I think, too, you know, you were mentioning, you know, was it Hop, Hop Slam, right, was the yeah. one that, okay, so I remember kind of when the, the, what would you say, the... Uh, the the craziness of when Hop mm-hmm. Slam would get released. I think part of why it it was reduced or minimalized to a certain degree is so many of these other great beers started to get developed, yeah. like Bell's Too Hearted. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of so many other ones that went, well, I don't need to really wait for that anymore because yeah. this beer is available year-round now. Mm-hmm. And I think that that had a lot to d- to diminish the really the impact of opening day for Hop Slam and things yeah. like that. I mean, the same kind of thing is going to happen with like you know even uh, Bourbon County or Surly Darkness, those kind of things that mm-hmm. re- like literally people used to follow around those Surly trucks back in the day. Um, <laughs> which like that. I don't Isn't have that time crazy? for that stuff in my life. So right, good, right. good for good for those people. But um, and less that's happened less and less because there is just so much good beer. Right. Which I mean, even I don't even think uh, there's a stat that I read a number of years ago, but like pre-prohibition, there was I think. Like 210 or something breweries in Minnesota, and at the time we had like half that many, and so you know with probably twice the population we have now, I'm pretty sure we can sustain some more breweries. Yeah. And like the amount of breweries opening and the amount of good beer that's in this city is crazy. So you, you're okay. That's a, that's an interesting thought. Do you think that obviously with the pandemic that completely changed the game for mm-hmm. everybody in a in a wide variety of reasons? But do you think that the saturation point for different breweries and tap rooms and things of that nature? Obviously, it was probably enhanced a lot by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It did, I mean, I know for a fact that places didn't survive right. uh, because of that. But do you think that we're still pretty healthy in that regard, at least in this state of Minnesota? I think so. Um, I think I think we'll see a lot maybe in the next 
like in 2022, I think we'll see a lot of things open because people are feeling more comfortable, feeling our, uh, you know, the people are, will want to come back to work uh, more often too. And I think that with the waning of the pandemic, people will feel more comfortable coming back to um, to restaurants as well. Sure. I mean, like I've worked in restaurants every day. I've lived my house every day for the past 18 months because, you know, we've got restaurants to run. Um, and I've been lucky enough to not get COVID. And so it's definitely possible to mm-hmm. be out and about every day and, and, and not do that. Um, but I mean, people have different health uh, issues and sure. stuff like that. So it's yep. like, you know, do, do what you need to do. But I think in the next, I think in the next two years, we're going to see a really, as, as long as, and I don't, I don't want to get too deep into, into it, but as long as our city keeps getting safer, because uh, that's, that's a big, that, part that's a big, of it, con- though. A big concern, uh, especially like we were talking last night, uh, up, Uptown in general, not just not just Red Cow and Uptown, but Uptown's a completely different thing than it was three years ago. 100%. Uh, and, yep. the, and then before that, when like the Apple Store went in and the North Face Store, like that changed the face of Uptown. And that, that was, this is, I've only lived in Minneapolis, St. Paul for 11 years and Uptown's been three different things since I've lived here. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, when I first started coming to the cities, when my sisters lived here, uh, this is like, you know, 2005, 2006, we'd go to the Uptown bar and just like have fake IDs. The bar's closed, (laughs) so I can just tell, I can say that now. (laughs) But like, uh, you know, I was... Uh, 2006 I was 19 years old going to these like old dive bars right. and it was just it was just so cool and like that whole neighborhood's completely different now and so it's uh, become very corporate mm-hmm. yeah and I think too that what I also think that you know and I, I, I'm not putting words into your mouth but I think the one thing that the city is you know and I've I've worked in Minneapolis since 2001 when I, I I'm old since 2001 <laughs> when I graduated college and I, I remember thinking, God, this is such a great city. And it is still such a great Absolutely. city. Yeah. I, I've worked, like I said, I've worked in Minneapolis for twenty over 20 years. But I think that one of the things that the city needs to recognize is one thing you cannot afford to do is chase away the dollar that's coming into your mm-hmm. city to go out to eat on a Saturday yeah. night or a Thursday night at, at Red Cow because yeah. that's what's going to sustain your overall city. But you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of dollars being spent in that city or that that are not being spent in that city that otherwise might be right yeah. now. Well, we were the the big question, I guess, is last night. Like, so before North Loop was North Loop, what 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 was it? It was nothing. It right. was. It was empty warehouses and like, kind of just like no even no one kind of even knew it existed. And then you know the loop went in. I think the loop was one of the first uh, places to go in there. And like Harvester Lofts was one of the first condos to open up down there. And then the rest of the things that we already talked about opened. Um, but like whoever planned that, whoever had like even a smidgen of vision, they need to hire that person and send them to Uptown and be like. We, you need Start the North over. Loop uptown yes. because yep. like, and they're, they're doing a, a pretty decent job. Like they're building new condos where like the, where that Lotus, where Lotus and uh, where old Chicago used to be in uptown. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're putting a lot of infrastructure into it and they need to keep doing that. Um, but they really need to like have a plan. Cause right now it doesn't feel like there is one. I and, agree. and like I go to, up, I, my office is in the basement of Red Cow uptown. And so I go there, you know, Every day of the week, essentially, and and just the seeing people come back has been like, and the and the guests, and like right behind us is Lake of the Isles, Kenwood neighborhood, you know, Lower Hill, and just like all these people that have lived there for uh, decades, and it's such a beautiful neighborhood. Um, and so, just seeing those people come back into the restaurants has been so invigorating because of how Uptown has changed over the last two years, and just yeah. like getting it back to, right, actually, not even that. Like, I think one of the things that we talked about a lot at the beginning of the pandemic was like. 
like not everything was perfect pre-March 2020. Sure, like, sure. sure we, like we were on a really good track and all those things, but like we had improvements to make and we needed to change in ways that we didn't even know. And so now when we kind of got a reset button and so going into uh, the post-COVID landscape and like figuring out how we can retain employees and, and make sure that they feel supported and make sure uh, that they feel like they can grow and, and develop in our company as well. Cause it's not like, we don't want to hire every day. You know, we'd rather, right. we'd rather be uh, keeping the people that we have on staff on staff. Cause not only does that make like them better as servers, it makes the experience better for our guests. And so uh, going into this, you know, post COVID uh, like restaurant scene and getting people back into the restaurants and really just making it that home that they can feel, they can feel like they they know who they're going to see when they come in and they're going to have a good experience. And so, I mean, that's, that's like the big conversation that we're having. That's now. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's important too. Yeah. It absolutely is. Well, my friend, this was, this was absolutely awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so Thank much you for so coming much in. Having me. Cheers. Ian. Cheers. And uh, the 12 bars of, Cur- excuse me, 12 beers of Christmas at Red Cow. You can find more information on the website and, and the Instagram account, all the social media channels associated with Red Cow. Ian, pleasure to see you, my man. So nice to see you. you Thank bet. you so much. We'll do this again sometime. Absolutely. Uh, for Mike Fredoloni, my name is Chris Reavers. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's edition of the Weekly Scramble. Until next week, happy Thanksgiving to all of you for tuning in. And until then, cheers.